sure um, I have a feeling that we're going to have a lot of fun here. <laughs> Amen. Now, if you're wondering if I'm a good preacher or not, the simple answer is no. <laughs> I'm not a good preacher. The one thing for sure that I know that I depend on the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if he has no word for me and for you, then I don't either. Amen? But if he has any word for us, a message for us, it can come through anything or anybody. Amen. Before I, I, I believe that he has a message for us this morning. Before I share with you that word, I want to share with you a song. Amen. One of my all-time favorites. God is good. is my plea, daily walking close to Thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be, and I am weak, but Thou art strong, Jesus keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk, let me walk close to Thee, just a close, just a closer walk with Thee, grounded Jesus, this my plea. Daily walking close to Thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. And when my feeble life is over, time for me will be no more. Guide me gently, safely, oh, to thy kingdom shore, to thy shore. Just a closer walk, just a closer walk with thee. It's my prayer. Granted, Jesus, is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee, 
Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Sing it one more time. Just to close the walk with thee. Granny Jesus, tis my plea. Walking close to thee. Let it be. Thank you. It's so good to be here. It's a great honor, great privilege. I want to thank um, Pastor Charles for uh, asking me to be here. And I want to thank you, uh, the council members and the board, uh, elders of this church, for embracing me by faith. And above all, I want to thank God. He who orders our steps. He who has made this time. He knows what he's doing. That's all we need to, to stay with <laughs> sometimes. He knows what he's doing. And his plans are always so good. I like the way he deals with me. Amen. Um, I am preferring to share um, much of my story, a testimony of how God has been working in my life next Sunday. Okay, next Sunday. Um, because if I start now, the sun is going to go down. So I, I want to be able to concisely put it together and share with you guys and hear some more from my family um, next Sunday. Amen. God has done some wonderful things in my life uh, through the journey of my faith and my life and he has caused me to see uh, some great miracles. Uh, I have some testimonies that I, I will share with you on sun next Sunday. And so uh, ask your neighbor to come with you or your workmates or your children and grandchildren. Bring them here. Amen. Uh, we will have fun and hear some interesting things that God has done to me. Amen? 
but as to give you just a tip of the iceberg, is that I'm a miracle to be here, to be standing here. I'm a miracle. Literally, uh, to be walking is a miracle. And some of you probably resonate with that. You probably died once, and God gave you a second chance. He did that to me. I'm glad to be here. Amen. So, um, and there are several of such moments in life when we when we face the mountains so tall, so wide. When we face the walls so thick, and we cannot run back because there's really no hope running back. There are those moments when the path ahead of us is full of thorns, full of uncertainties and fear that is the time that you need, I need to press on. And that's a message I want to share with you this morning. To press on. One of the remarkable things that happen to all of us who believe when we come to a time when we really don't know what to do. We've tried all else and they've all failed. To every child of God, there is always a still small voice. Amen? A still small voice that tells you to press on. And we know so many folks who have given up the fight because the battle just turned out to be so fierce and they gave up. They gave up on the very essence of life. They walked away from the only thing that they needed. Many have walked away from love, walked away from their calling and the mission of life. They've walked away from their families because we only got to that point and we felt like we can do nothing. But there is always hope for every child of God. Because God will always create a way out. God will always create an escape route for you and for me. And it's amazing how he does that. Amen. So, today, 
we are going to clothe ourselves with the motivation and the new energy to press on. <laughs> Amen. Because God needs us to keep on this journey. God needs you to not give up. He's not giving up. <laughs> so he needs you to stay on course. Amen. And of course, you know, those who stay on course reap great victory. We see the mighty things that God can do when we tarry just a little longer. And perhaps when the fire is hottest, that's when God is about to throw in the fourth man. That's when God is about to do a miracle. That's when the battle is heated. God is about to do a miracle for you. When the pain is unbearable, that's when God is about to comfort you. And I'll share with you some very personal uh, testaments to that on Sunday. Now, let's turn to the Bible. What does the Bible say? <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. There is an account of one man who, who was just too stubborn to give up. I learned a lot from Apostle Paul. He just could not give up. The times that he's beaten and, and stoned and left in the rubbles. But the next day, or even that same day, they find him preaching again. The same man was bitten and bleeding. He's preaching on the other side of the city. That's Paul. Amen. Now, let's read uh, uh, Philippians. If I can get mine here real quick. Come on. Chapter 3 from verse 10. Let's take this account of Apostle Paul. Something he teaches us very profoundly. But Philippians chapter 3, we'll start reading from verse a ten. This is the approval that comes from God and is based on faith. That knows Christ. Faith knows the power that is coming back to leave. I mean, to, to life. Back to life gives, and what is meant to share is suffering. This is God's word translation. Sounds weird, but I love it. In this way, I am becoming like him in his death with the confidence that I will come back to life from the dead. 
It is not that I have already reached the goal or I've already completed the course, but I run to win that which Christ, Jesus Christ, has already won for me. Your trans, your version probably saying uh, it differently. Doesn't matter. I don't give up, but I press on towards the mark. This is Paul. There is a goal. There is the end of the journey. I am not there yet. We're not there yet. And we cannot afford to give up now. We must take this journey to the end. Doesn't matter what happened. We must take it to the end. Amen. This is a resolve that each one of us must make. I want to tarry. And my physical body will one day be weak and tired. But I want to tarry. I want to keep walking with the Lord until he calls me home. Amen. There's no greater joy than that. So we don't look back. Paul said, I forget what is behind me. But focus on what I need to apprehend. Don't dwell in the past. So many of us, we have left chaos back there. And we don't want to dwell there. The Lord already redeemed us from the past. It's not looking good in the past. And you don't want to dwell there either. So let the Lord do a new thing. And here, here's the interesting part. When you come to him, you become new. And he separates you from that past. Amen? Now you're saying, Pastor, this is a hard thing to do. How can I forget the past? Tire with me a little bit. I'll show you. Amen? How to forget the past. <laughs> oh, God is good. We are on a journey. This is a pilgrimage. When you're moving along the coast, from here you go to another town. You've left Lincoln City behind. You keep going. Amen? We're on pilgrimage. Prophet Isaiah declared the same message. The Lord told his people to forget the former things. Now let's read that in the book of Isaiah 43. Amen. Isaiah 43. Verses 18 and 19. Forget what happened in the past. Forget the former things. And do not dwell on events from long ago. I am going to do something 
new, says the Lord. It is already happening. Don't you recognize it? Don't you see it? I will clear away in the desert. I'll make rivers on dry land. It's the promises of the Lord. Don't you see it? Now, seeing or beholding is also not an easy thing to the mortal man. Beholding the work of God, the finger of the Almighty God, is not done by flesh and blood. But I will shortly show you how you can behold what God is doing. I'm probably going to just remind you. Amen. We can only connect with God and pick what is in his kingdom through faith. Amen? That's how we see it. That's how we connect with God, and that's how we see that the Lord is at work. Now, let's read that. I love reading. Faith assures us, Hebrews 11, verse 1, faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. I'll read that again. Faith assures us of the things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. So if we want to see what God is doing or what God will do, we have to connect with him through faith. The mortal man wants to see it with the, with the human eyes, right? We want to see it. We, wanna, we want assurance. We want something tangible, something visible. Kid, I don't feel it. I want to feel it. Or I, I don't really think this is God because it doesn't make me feel good. But then God tells you, believe it. Just believe it. And then that's the key. There's so many of us here, we have been praying and waiting upon the Lord. We want to see miracles. Who doesn't want to see miracles? We want, we want, we need God's help. We need God's move in our lives. But we need to make a sacrifice of leaping into 
another realm, the realm of faith. That is when spiritual things will make sense to you. The people of this world will never understand the ways of God. Spiritual things will never make sense to them. But for those who step into that realm of the Spirit and connect with God by faith, taking Him at His word, they will see the move of God and they will experience the power of the Spirit of God. Amen. So that's how we see. We see by faith. Amen. We see by faith. That's how we believe. That's how we rest. That's how you can go to bed and sleep. And that's how God heals our anxieties and our depressions and our worries. He gives us faith that keeps us hoping that something good, something new will happen. And this something good here may not be necessarily how we want it. But in the eyes of the Lord, it is a good thing. The Lord has taught me this through various experiences He has allowed me to walk through. And there are those moments when I, I wonder, say, Lord, I don't, I don't see any good in this. That's me. But I believe you do. I believe you know why. I believe why you, you directed me to take this path. Just full of thorns, but I will go. The eye of faith. Our world today is continuously becoming carnal. And we need faith. We need the men and women of faith. Those who are taking their ground, thumb, and holding on for the truth, holding on for the work of God. And I really must thank and commend all of you are here. You are here because you have taken a stand. Hallelujah. You have taken some stand against some things, against the forces, and you have obeyed the voice of the Lord all these years. You've come here by faith. Amen. And you have come this far by faith. Tell me you did that by any other means. 
is all by faith. But there's more joy, more peace, more assurance when we recognize and acknowledge every moment that God is working. And that we give him back the praise that is holding us, that is taking care of the future. Amen. So we see by faith. That's one. Number two, how can we forget the past? (laughs) How can we forget the past? Now let's go to the Bible. I'm hearing something sweet coming from down there. We'll come to that. Uh, let's, let's read First uh, Peter, chapter 4, verse 8. We're going to read a couple of verses uh, quick. First Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, love each other warmly, because love covers many sins. And the next uh, scripture we're reading is First Corinthians, the love chapter. That's chapter 13. Amen? <laughs> chapter 13. Let's read verse 5. Well, why don't we uh, start from verse 4? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't jealous. It doesn't sing its own praises. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't think about itself. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep track of wrongs. That's how we forget the past. Because love does not keep track of the wrongs done against us. And that is where God is calling us. God is calling us to the place of love because we cannot be in him and we don't love. It is impossible to be a child of God and you don't reflect love because God is love. Now that's, you may, and it's not easy But it's possible because it's not about you. It's about the works and the power of the Holy Spirit. Whom you surrender your life or your broken pieces to. And he fixes it. And he molds and puts it back together. 
does it. And then you begin to experience new life. And God told prophet Isaiah, tell my people, behold, see, I'm doing a new thing. See, when, when you walk by faith, you are constantly experiencing new things. Constantly. Because you're encountering the hand of God. Nothing that we can do. I love the old hymns. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to thee I cling. Amen. Nothing of our own can make us look any good. Christ does. The Holy Spirit does. After he has done working in the inside of you, then people begin to see. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it's instant. People will recognize the fruits. People will see the beauty, the glory, the radiance on your face, the love of God that affects our community, that changes our neighborhood, that makes our church a lovely place, a place of fellowship, a place of love and embrace. That's when the Spirit of God is at work. When we mend ourselves, immerse ourselves into the loving hands of God, into the presence of God, we can never walk back the same. Think about the ordinary fishermen, the disciples of Jesus. Jesus did not pick the perfect people. He picked ordinary outcasts, if I may. And then he worked on them, spent time with them, just three years. And they, they emerged. And everyone was thrown into wonder. They're like, we know him. Isn't the fisherman? Isn't, look now. He was raised here in Lincoln City. We know him. He works there. <laughs> Amen. And then some of them will notice that, oh, he's been attending church. He's been praying. God changes our lives. But we have to let him do so. And then he will change things, turn things around. Love is the only power and force that will lead us to the place of forgiveness. Somebody said something down there about 
forgiveness. It starts with repentance. We acknowledge that we have also failed. And then we receive the grace of God. And then we extend the same grace to others and bring healing and bring hope for everyone around us. We're not going, we, we, we don't behave like the other servant who was forgiven and his debts were cleared. And then he went and took another person by the throat and said, pay me now. And it was reported to the, to the master. He said, that man whom you just forgive and wrote off his debt is torturing someone else. <laughs> it didn't turn out good for him. Amen. Always doesn't turn good. So then we come to that place of forgiveness. To that place when we can embrace and healing begin to take place. Amen. God is so good. I love this one. Um, have you ever felt like you can take care of things? And then in the end, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> Until you recognize that you need Jesus to handle it. You cannot see much. We got to come to that point and just, and just let Jesus handle it. To that place, that point when you say, I'm not going to fight no more. I'll let Jesus handle it. I'm going to do the most difficult thing that requires courage and bravery. To stand still. I have children and they teach me these things. They can never stand still for a microsecond. And that's in our human nature. We don't want to stand still. But that's what the Lord says. Stand still. And know that I am God. Stand and wait. Let Jesus handle it. For how long? I don't know. Until he tells you to move again. And sometimes you standing is like you're standing on fire. <laughs> Amen. But he tells you to, to stay right there. He became that sacrifice for us. He was laid on an altar, on a cross, 
he stayed there. Remember in the old days when animals were put on the altar? They were put there until a sacrifice, a price was paid, a ransom was paid. Sometimes it's like paying a sacrifice for the future, for our children, for someone else. We're just going to hold back. We're not going to fight. And we'll just wait upon the Lord. Some of us wait patiently. Most of us wait impatiently. But wait anyway. Hallelujah. But wait anyway. Amen. You and I agree that we cannot win this battle on our own. We cannot run the race in our own strength. We cannot love and forgive with our human nature. We need him. We need to do that simple thing. Surrender. Amen. Everything and everyone whom Jesus touches receive life. So I'm going to want Jesus to be the one to bring life to whatever it is that I'm struggling with that's probably already dead. I'm going to want Jesus to be the one to touch it. Because he will bring resurrection. And he will bring life. Now let me break it down for you. Let's start with our own lives. Sometimes we want to do good things. But then we cannot. Because it's a simple principle. You cannot give what you don't have. We need the touch of Christ upon our lives. We need the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that is when we begin to produce fruits. And you know, when a tree produces fruits, that's a lovely tree. Everybody admires that tree. Everyone wants to come and get the fruits. The birds, the animals, they want to come on that tree. And maybe we've been in that place when you feel like you're just on your own. Nothing good is happening. You've tried. It's like you've been in a desolation. You don't see anything good. People don't see anything good in you. And then you feel alone. Why don't you let Jesus touch your life? Just go on your knees and cry and say, please touch me. 
It is that desperation that gave many a breakthrough. That some mothers held babies. Desperation. But some people got healing. A woman with a blood issue got restored. She was desperate. She braved her way through in the midst of a thick crowd and touched the aim of his garment. Have you come to that place of desperation? And that's a good place to cry out to the Lord. Because everything that Jesus touches comes back to life again. And then, when you have life in the life of God, this is what happens to you. Let's, let's read this, probably our last scripture. Colossians chapter 4. Let's just read verse, verse 6. Colossians, yes. Colossians. The Lord transforms your life. And then when he does that, the words of your mouth, the conversations that spring from you gives life. It's, it's salted with life. It preserves, it builds others instead of tearing them down. That's what begins to happen to you. And Paul said, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the righteous response for everyone. Some of us simply need to check with what comes out of our mouths. I've been, uh, I've lived in America for uh, about three years now. I must confess to you that I don't like what some people, what comes from the mouth of some people. They make me really sick. Now forget about the extremes. There is this particular one which affects even the body of Christ. Negative confessions. Maybe that's the only thing that is holding you down. Because you don't have any good thoughts about you. You don't have any good words about yourself either. <laughs> because when you keep those words coming out of your mouth. Words are powerful. Words, words are going to build your future. And they're going to build you into a different person altogether. 
So we ought to be careful with the words that we speak about ourselves and about others as well. Because now this is what Paul is saying here. Let our words build others. Much as they are building us. When I'm not sure about something, I just don't want to rush and state an opinion, make an opinion. Or rush to judge. Or rush to make a comment. That too. The Bible says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. The righteous man flows with wisdom and gives courage builds other people. Amen. So if you, let's take this example, if you know that you're sick, for example, and you begin to confess that you're going to die, you might die. But if you know that there's power in the words and that you live on faith, and you're sick, and you begin to say things like, I know God will heal me. I know I'm going to walk again. I believe he will strengthen me again. I believe this sickness is going to go. Those are words of hope. Words of power, words of faith, words that create the environment for God. You know, it is faith that creates the environment for God to do miracles. Jesus walked this earth. He did not heal everybody. As far as I know, as I read, he healed people. And he often told them, your faith has made you well. He was amazed by the centurion who said, Lord, just send your word. I believe in your word. Send your word and my daughter will be fine. And Jesus was amazed. You can amaze Jesus. Hallelujah. By your faith, you can amaze him by your sacrifice. You can amaze him by your commitment to the kingdom. Your tenacity to never give up, even when everyone else is giving up. I gave my life to Christ as a young boy. A lot of my friends and peers were giving up. I made a resolve. I said, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to hold on my faith. And great are the things that God has done in my life. Hallelujah. Most of my friends are dead already because of the poor choices that they made. And I believe you're witness to that. So when we allow God to direct our path, we experience, we align ourselves with his purpose, 
every single one of us got that purpose, those assignment, that blueprint. That many are going to the grave without experiencing God, without fulfilling their calling. We must experience God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's stand and pray. I want to give a chance to someone who wants to experience Christ today. Maybe you've really never given your, your life to Christ. And you know it. You know that in you, if we are to compatibilize percentages, maybe something else is taking 90% of your life. And the 10% maybe it's also crowded with other things. And Christ is not even there. And you're saying today, Lord, I just want to give my life to you. Because without you, my existence is meaningless. Every eyes closed, every head bows. I just want you to put your left hand on your chest and your right hand lifted as high as you can. Make a commitment today. Today is your only day. You don't have control over tomorrow. Thank you. And quietly say this prayer in your heart. God is picking them up by the power of his Holy Spirit. Say, my Father, thank you for loving me. Today, I acknowledge I know you have always been the Lord of the universe. You've always sustained me. My lungs fill with the very breath of God. But I acknowledge you today to be the Lord of my life. Lord, I'm sorry. I have done many bad things. Forgive me. I need you in my life because only you can help me. Give me power over sinfulness. Give me power over this world. Give me victory over my failings. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Amen. Now let me pray for, for the rest of us quickly.
Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for bringing us here together in fellowship. Your spirit has brought us here. And you will bless us as we go out. Lord, I pray for the rest of this week that we will experience your peace. There are some people here, Lord, who need you to touch them and heal them. Lord, I pray for your healing. We pray as a church. Please hold the hand of somebody next to you. We're going to pray together. If any of you have never held their hands before, please do. Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never changes. And Lord, we we join in faith. We join in agreement and pray, Lord God, for your move in our lives, for your move in our midst, for your move in this church, for your move in this community. We pray that let there be revival, Jesus. Let there be transformation in the name of Jesus. Lord, let us begin to feel it in our bones, to begin to feel it moving in our hearts, moving us to prayer, moving us to trusting and to reaching out, Lord God, to the lost. May we begin to feel it in our families, in our homes. The love of God, the power of God, the Spirit of God. And for our brothers and sisters who are unwell this morning, Lord, we pray for peace and comfort, pray for healing to flow in their bodies, Lord. Give life to their mortal bodies. And we believe in your healing power. Yes, we do, Lord. We believe in miracles. Because you are a miracle worker. And there's nothing impossible with you. As in simple faith, we believe you, Lord. To heal, to guide, to teach. To forgive, to transform us. To you be the glory, Lord, both now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday.